you for watching today. I pray that the message you're about to hear will empower you to use your voice, help change the way you think, and refresh your spirit. If you'd like to follow along with Pastor's Notes, you can find them on the on-demand page of walkingbyfaith.tv or on our app. We're continuing on in our mystery series with today's message, Death, the Last Enemy. Pastor Duane is not only continuing on about what happens when we die, but today we're talking about where exactly we will go. Let's jump right in. The Bible says in James chapter 2, it says, as the body without the spirit is dead. So when your spirit leaves your body, what we call that, that is what death is. Now, at least anybody think differently after this message, death is an enemy. 1 Corinthians 15 says, the last enemy that will be destroyed is death. Death is not a friend. Right? It's not a friend. It's a result of the fall. And it is, it, it is an enemy that every one of us, if, if Jesus tarries, is going, to is going to face. But in the New Testament, Jesus tears back the veil. In fact, I would say, 90, in fact, there's no question, 90% of everything we know about eternal judgment comes from Jesus. Everything we know about hell, it comes from Jesus, 90%. Luke chapter 16, verse 19. Jesus said, there was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen, fared sumptuously every day. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid at his gate, desiring to be fed from the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. So it was the beggar died and was carried by angels to Abraham's bosom or Abraham's side. So when Lazarus died, they took his body and they put it in a pulper's tomb. Men, women, what we take care of the body. But the real person that lives on the inside stepped out and angels carried him. Now it mentions here Abraham's bosom or Abraham's side. So he has a place next to Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried. Now, I'm sure he had prepared a sepulcher. They, they would have had a, a great service or ceremony. But the Bible says that being in torment in Hades, he lifted up his eyes and he saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom or at his side. And he cried out and he said, Father Abraham, send Lazarus that he'd put the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in torment in these flames. So the rich man died and he was buried. But the real rich man was in Hades. And he lifted up his eyes and he saw Lazarus and he recognized Lazarus. People wonder, am I going to recognize people in heaven? Absolutely. The Bible says you're going to be gathered to your people. See, your, your relatives that have gone on before, they're going to be there waiting for you. Your friends, they're going to be there waiting for you. But notice also, he lift up his eyes. He sees Lazarus. He says, have Lazarus just put the tip of his finger in some water and cool my tongue because I'm in torment in these flames. But his body's in the grave and Lazarus' body is in the grave. But they've got eyes and they've got fingers and they've got tongues. You say, how can that be? First Corinthians 15 says that there's a natural body 
And there is a spiritual body. There is a spiritual body. So you not only have a natural body, but your spirit has a body. Now, again, Jesus said God's a spirit, right? Does God have a body? You can vote. You want to Yep. Moses said, God, I want to see your glory. And God put him in a cave, put his hand over the cave, and then passed by. And the Bible says God allowed Moses to see his back. So does God have a body? Absolutely. Is it a physical body? No, it's a spiritual body. But you also not just have a physical body, you have a spiritual body. And notice, if he lifted up his eyes, how I many know if you've got eyes and you've got a tongue and you have a head, you have a mouth. If you've got a finger, it's attached to a hand that's on an arm that attaches to your body. Your, your spiritual body is very much like your physical body, right? And able to perceive pain, able to perceive pain. He says, I'm in torment in this flame. So, when a person dies, it doesn't mean the person is any less of a person. We tend to think that, right? And uh, I just want to say something. We mentioned to live on this earth, you need to have an earth suit. The Bible says in Hebrews, it's appointed for a man once to die, and after that, judgment. Nobody sticks around to haunt a house. There are no such thing as people haunting, dead people haunting houses. There might be a demon spirit or two around, but it's not, no dead, it's not a dead person. It's appointed for a man to die once, and after that, judgment. And to die once, you don't come back as a cow, a dog, or a cat. Right? It's appointed for a man to die once, and after that, the judgment. Now... Our rich man is in a place, the Bible called Hades. Hades is not hell, but it's a lot like it. It's really, it's a waiting room to go to hell. Right? Now, if a person is arrested by the police, he's taken to the county jail. And he waits for, to go before the judge. And once he's before the judge and he's sentenced, he goes to the penitentiary. The penitentiary is like the jail, but it's not the jail. There's a judgment in between. Hades is like the county jail. These people have not stood before the... How many of judgment day has not taken place yet? Revelation 20, it's coming. And then there is a place of eternal separation and torment called hell. Now, Jesus made this statement. He said... For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the heart of the earth, or the, excuse me, three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so the Son of Man will be three days, three nights in the heart of the earth. So these two places, one, Abraham's bosom, or you have a place next to Abraham. It's also called paradise in the Bible and captivity. Now, it's called captivity because these people that are there the righteous saints, they can't go to heaven yet because their sins haven't been paid for. God's got them on layaway. Seriously, they were on layaway. 
Now, some of you don't know what layaway is, so I'll explain it to you. All right. When I was five years old, now, you, some of you may not remember this, but some of you will. When you went to church, you always had to have a suit on. We are delivered. Praise the Lord. All right. But you had to have a suit on. So I'm like five years old. All right. And we went to Robert Hall. Anybody remember Robert Hall down on 28th Street? Now, this was before credit cards. So we didn't have enough money to pay for the suit. And I'm not sure. I think it was like $15, something like that. So we put $5 down, and they kept the suit until we had the last 10. And when we had the last 10, we went to Robert Hall, gave him the 10, and they gave us the suit. So people in the Old Testament, their sins hadn't been paid for. So God had them in a place called paradise. Abraham's bosom were placed next to Abraham in captivity. Now, the Bible talks about this both in Romans 10 and in Ephesians 4. It says, when he, Jesus, ascended on high, he led captivity captive. Some of your translations say that he had a train of captives. All the Old Testament saints... Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Noah, David, Isaiah, Jeremiah, all the Old Testament saints, they were down here. They had a place near Abraham, and they were waiting for the Messiah to come. And when Jesus came and paid the price for their redemption, he led a train of captives. Everybody that was there, he took him to heaven. Psalms 24, lift up your heads, O ye gates. Be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the king of glory will come in. Who is the king of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Yeah, he just whipped the devil. Took the keys of death and of Hades. Yeah, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and the king of glory will come in. It's literally a picture of when Jesus arose from the dead and went up into heaven. So that side is empty because to be absent from the body today is to be present with the Lord. Absolutely. You see, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21 says, he that knew no sin, that's Jesus, he became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. So literally, for a believer to die today, you don't need to go someplace and wait. You don't need to wait, go someplace and become purified so that you can go into God's presence. Because right now, you are the righteousness of God in Christ. And with the exact same righteousness that you and I have right now, we are going to hang around with God for all of eternity. Hallelujah. That is great news. That is great news for you and for me. To be absent from the body is to be present from the Lord. Now, the Apostle Paul talks about an experience that he had in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. He said, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know, or whether out of the body I do not know, such a one was caught up to the third Heaven. Again, uh, we, have to th we can't think like Dutch people or like Michiganders, okay? We have to think like Jewish people, right? 
they think of three heavens. The atmosphere is number one. What we would call outer space is number two. Remember the Bible says, the heavens declare the glory of God. You know, you can step outside at night and look up into that sky and see the Milky Way and go, wow, God is awesome. But the third heaven is a place where God lives. And he said, I went to the third heaven. He said, and how he was caught up to paradise, heard inexpressible words, which is not lawful to somebody to even speak. But then again, he said in the third verse, I know such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I don't know. No, here's my question. If you go to Costco, leave your body at home, will you miss it? And the answer is no. Paul said, I went to heaven and I don't know if I took my body or not. Because your spirit has eyes and ears and a mouth and hands. Now, what leads to death? An accident. Something can be very, very, very painful. But the actual death is just simply the real you stepping out of that body. And the moment you do, you're dead. That body is dead. You're not dead, but that body is dead. Right? Dwight L. Moody, the, the great 19th century evangelist, as he was getting old, he said to a friend, he said, someday you will read in the papers that Dwight L. Moody of Northfield is dead. He said, don't you believe a word of it. At that moment, I shall be more alive than I am now. I should have gone higher, that is all, out of this old clay tenement into a house that is immortal, a body that sin cannot touch, that sin cannot taint, a body fashioned into his glorious body. He was saying, when, when, when my body dies, I'm not going to be any less me. I'm not going to be any less alive. In fact, I've read a number of accounts where people, their body dies and they kind of like float up and they're looking down and go, oh, there I was. Just looking down at their body. Right? Because when your body dies, the real you on the inside is going to step out. Wow, that was so good. But I know there are some complicated parts to that message. So again, we're sitting down with Pastor to answer some more questions about Abraham's bosom in Hades. We just got done listening to your message, What Happens When You Die. And you talked a lot about more details about heaven and hell. You talked about um, the person who ends up in Abraham's bosom mm -hmm. and the chasm that's in between the two. But is that, is that hell then? Okay. Where the, the guy went that was looking at Abraham and, and the beggar? Or... I'm not sure about that. Okay. Well, it's not hell, first of all. Okay. In fact, the Bible refers to it as Hades, right? And Hades and hell are different places. They're very similar. Okay. But if an unjust person dies today, they still go to that same place where the rich man went in Luke chapter 16, right? And the Bible just said it's a place of torment. In Hades, he lifted his eyes and he's in torment. Uh, the difference really between hell and Hades is the difference that a criminal has when he's arrested and put in a jail, then he goes before a judge and then goes to the penitentiary, right? So the criminal is in a place where he's confined, 
He's in this, this jail, but he hasn't been before the judge. There hasn't been a trial, so to speak. Okay. And then after the trial, he's put in a penitentiary. Like a jail, but it's different. There's been a, there has been a trial in between. Um, basically, that is what happens in the spiritual realm. A person who is unjust goes to a place called Hades. It's a place of torment. But they haven't stood before God on Judgment Day yet. And really, we can say this, hell is not even open yet. It won't be open until Revelation chapter 20, where there's the great white throne judgment. Every pity stands before God. Those that aren't found written in the book of life are cast into the lake of fire, which is the second death, which is hell. So Hades is like hell, but it's not hell in there. Nobody is going to be in hell and say, I shouldn't be here because they will have stood before God and they will understand uh, why they went to hell, okay. what it is that they did not do. Now, somebody might say their sins put them in hell, but really what put them in hell was not receiving Jesus. Okay, so when you said the unjust man, yes, you're not talking about works. No, you're I'm talking not. about your position in Christ. Yes, I right? am. Yes. So, I mean, if you're right with God mm -hmm. through accepting Jesus, you're, you're not going to end up in yep. Hades. Correct. The Bible says it in Revelation 20. It says, everyone whose name was not found written in the book of life. Okay. So if your name's in the book of life, you're not going to hell. And again, the book of life, it's not your works that got you there. It's your faith in Jesus that got you there. And, and I, I know you've said for years, and I remember it, that to be absent from the body is to be... Yeah. Present, present with, the, with Lord. the Lord. Yeah. So are you going directly to heaven then? Because that's where the Lord is if you die and you are right with Jesus? Okay. That's a, that's a really a great question. And the answer is today to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Um, when Jesus in Luke chapter 16 is talking, he had not yet paid for men and women's sins. So when Jesus arose from the dead, it says this in Ephesians, the fourth chapter. He says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive. Uh, some translations say he had a train of captives. And these are all the people that were there with a the place next to Abraham. The Bible refers to it as Abraham's bosom, as paradise, as captivity. Mm -hmm. Because they, the, the righteous dead were there, but their sins hadn't been paid for yet. So he led captivity captive. It's talking about all of those Old Testament saints where he had a train of captives. And it says he gave gifts to them. Now he ascended. What does it mean that he first descended into the lower parts of the earth? And he who descended is also the one who ascended far above the heavens that he might fill all things. So Jesus died, he descended. But when he arose from the dead, he ascended. And when he ascended, he had a train of cattle. He took all of those righteous people with him. And then Psalms 24 says, Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors. The King of glory will come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Well, he's just whipped the devil. Mm. You know? And uh, Jesus is on his way, ascending up into heaven, has the train of captives, all of the righteous dead are with him. It's just a beautiful, beautiful picture of redemption. One of the things um, you had talked about in the message was being able to recognize people. Oh yeah. Um, talk about that a little bit. So I'm gonna get to heaven and I'm gonna know 
my people, you say you're gathered to, to your, your... The Bible says you're gathered to your people. So obviously when a righteous person dies, their loved ones are waiting for them. Okay. Now in Hebrews chapter 12, um, I believe it's the first verse. It says, we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside the weight and every sin that ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race set before us. So when it's talking about the cloud of witnesses, it's, it's the word that's used, like when they had the Colosseums, mm -hmm. the seats way on the very top were referred to as the cloud seats. Okay. And so you'd be looking from a distance. So what Paul is saying is saying the, that we have Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, our family, they're in heaven, but they're kind of looking over the banister and they're watching. It says they're, they're, they're our witnesses. They're watching us run our race. Now, I don't believe they know when you get a new car or a new washing machine, but they know when you make decisions for Christ and they know how you're doing spiritually. Um, Jesus tells that story in Luke 16 about the rich man and he's in Hades. And he said to Abraham, he said, uh, please send Lazarus to my brothers, because I've got five brothers, that he talks to them, least they also come to this place of torment. Hmm. So obviously he knew his brother's spiritual condition. And he did not want them to end up in Hades in a place of torment like he was. He wanted them to get right with God. So we do know what's happening spiritually they know what's happening spiritually in our lives. Okay. And when we get to heaven, there's no doubt we're going to recognize people. The rich man saw Lazarus. He recognized Lazarus. And he said to Abraham, hey, send Lazarus. I know that guy. Send him. Wow. That, oh. I, I got people looking over me. You bet we do. And uh, I had not, I not had heard that before. And because um, you hear people say, you know, so-and-so is watching over me, mm -hmm. you know? And uh, I, I just was never sure about that. But you're saying the Bible says the Bible that, that teaches is absolutely that. That, that cloud of witnesses, those are the people. You see, Hebrews 11, it's the heroes of faith. Mm. It's talking about Noah and Abraham and Jacob and, and Moses and, uh, well, Joshua and all these different saints. And then it says, therefore, we also, we've got this cloud of witnesses. It's talking about all these saints that are already in heaven. They're watching us run our spiritual race. That is awesome. I love the term layaway because I'm yeah. an old guy and I remember what layaway, <laughs> well, yeah. I, I remember what layaway was where you, you've seen something you want, you, you couldn't pay for it. Yeah. Ex explain that a little bit from a biblical perspective, what you mean by layaway. Okay. Well, it goes back to uh, Luke, the 16th chapter, where Jesus tells the story about the rich man and Lazarus. Both of them die. Mm -hmm. The rich man, the Bible says he's buried, but in Hades, he's in torment. Lazarus has a place next to Abraham. So they called it Abraham's bosom because you would be next to him. All right. The picture is you're at a table leaning against Abraham. Okay. So that's where the righteous dead are. Okay. So the righteous dead are there, but they can't go to heaven yet because Jesus has not yet paid for their sins. Mm. Okay. So God wants to be just. In fact, it talks about this in Romans, the third chapter. 
that God wanted to be just and the justifier. So he couldn't take them straight to heaven because of their sins. So they're in this place and they're waiting for redemption. Jesus comes, he dies on the cross, he's buried. The Bible, Jesus said it, he said like uh, Jonah was three days and three nights in the great fish, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights into the heart of, in the heart of the earth. <clears throat> Jesus descends and he goes to this place that we call Abraham's bosom, paradise and captivity. And it's called captivity because they're righteous, but they can't go to heaven. They're still captives because sin hasn't been paid for. Jesus has paid for their sin, right? And the Bible actually says that he announced to those who were one time disobedient in the days of Noah. Jesus actually proclaimed to the unrighteous dead as well as the righteous dead. It was predicted that the Messiah would come, that he would redeem mankind. I have come, I have redeemed them, right? So then he's got these righteous dead who, so to speak, they're saved on layaway. Hmm. They're saved because they put their faith that God was going to send the Redeemer, right? But the Redeemer had not been sent. So God kept them there. And we use the example of buying something on layaway. And, and some of you will not remember this, but before credit cards, you went to the store. And if you saw something you want and didn't have enough to pay for it, you put some money, you gave them part of the money and they kept it for you. And they called that layaway. And you'd go back the next week and put some more money on and the next week and put some more money on. And finally you'd have it paid for and you could take it home, right? Well, literally God had these people in the com this compartment in the earth, Abraham's bosom, paradise, and he kept them there until they were paid for, till redemption, the sin of mankind had been paid for. And once that was done, that's when they were released Jesus ascends, he takes the train of captives, those people that have been captive, he takes them all with him to heaven. And uh, to be absent from the body to be day, today is to be present with the Lord. Some people in confusion talk about that place as if it's, and they maybe refer to it as, as purgatory, that you go there and you wait and you get purified from your sin. But that is not true. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21, that he that do no sin, that's Jesus, he became sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. God took our unrighteousness, put it on Jesus at the cross, and took Jesus' righteousness and gave that to us. We're, we could never get to heaven on our righteousness, but we can today on Jesus' righteousness. That's why it's to be absent from the body, is to be present with the Lord. And that, that place that's not heaven mm -hmm. is still a wonderful place to be, totally different than Hades where there's peace yeah. here and there's torment yeah. for those that are waiting right. to be sentenced. Right, but that place that was in the center of the earth is no longer there, it's empty. Because Jesus emptied it out, took all of those people to heaven. And today, nobody goes to Abraham's bosom today to be absent from your body okay. is to be present with the Lord. You know, we've been talking about what happens when a person dies, and we've been going to the Bible, the words of Jesus. And Jesus tells us that when a person dies, it's the physical body that dies, but the real person that lives on the inside steps out.
right? Every person is going to live someplace forever. Some are going to live in God's presence. Some are going to live separated from him. But everybody's going to live forever. And it's so important that you and I understand that and that we know where we're going to go when we die. The Bible says we've written these things to you that you may know that you have everlasting life. See, you're supposed to know that you're forgiven, that you're right with God, that you're on your way to heaven. And you may be very religious or you may not be religious at all. But you can know for sure that you are right with God and that you're on your way to heaven. Jesus said you must be born again. That means give him all of your heart and all of your life. And he said that he's the way to the Father. He said he's the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through him. So what I'd like to do is I'd like to pray a prayer with you. If you're away from God and you're not right with God, would you pray this prayer with me from your heart? And when we say amen, you are going to be right with God. So repeat this out loud from your heart. Just say, oh God, I believe that Jesus died on the cross. I believe Jesus' blood paid for my sins. And I believe he rose again, victorious over death, over sin, and the devil. And I give Jesus all of my heart and all of my life. He's my king. He's my Lord. I'm going to live for him. And I thank you that you have heard my prayer that I'm forgiven, my past is gone, I'm a part of your kingdom, and I'm on my way to heaven, in Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer from your heart, God heard that prayer, and you are right with God. Now, I wrote a book, especially for when you pray this prayer, right? and when you get right with God, to help you keep growing spiritually, wanna send it to you free of charge, and all the information is right there on your screen. If you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Dwayne, you are making one of the best decisions of your life. We are so excited for you. Just as Pastor said, we'd love to send you a free copy of his book, Your New Life. Log on to walkingbyfaith.tv and have it mailed to you. Download it right there instantly, or you can find it on our app. It's absolutely free and a great resource for you to have. If you have more questions on death, dying, or other topics like marriage, finances, relationships, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us through the app or email info at walkingbyfaith.tv. Walking by Faith is used on and off the air to change lives all around the world. If this ministry has been a blessing to you, please consider becoming a partner with us. You can either visit walkingbyfaith.tv give Text ResGive to 94000 and select Walking by Faith in the menu or select the giving icon in our app. Find us on Roku, Amazon Fire TV and on your favorite social platform by searching for WBF TV. Also, check out our app in your favorite app store. You can download past sermons, follow along with notes, speak confessions over your life and so much more. I pray that this message helps bring you comfort and peace. God bless you.